Welcome back, readers. This is Mrs. Walker. Thank you for joining me again for Mrs. Walker's Wonderful Words. I'm really excited that uh, you guys are tuning in today. We read part one of chapter nine last time we were together. If you remember, the first part of chapter nine was all about Josh, the youngest child in the Abernathy family, accidentally putting his foot all the way into the fig pudding. And then the family, well, really the dad decided that they were just going to keep it a secret and they were not going to say anything. And so what he did was he ended up getting Josh's shoe that was stuck in the bottom of the pudding out. He just kind of smoothed over the top of the pudding. He put the plastic wrap back on and then he had Cliff, our main character, the oldest, um, go ahead and just take the pudding inside. So that's where we're going to start right now. Aunt Pat and Uncle Arthur's house was slightly insane. A traffic jam of relatives hugging and laughing just inside the front door. A loud clatter from the kitchen. Someone had the TV on in the living room with the volume up too high. It was just past 11 in the morning, but three of my uncles, Uncle Richie, Uncle Billy, and Uncle Eddie, were already laughing in the living room, and a bunch of my younger cousins were taunting my Uncle Ed about his spaghetti dish. Eddie spaghetti with the meatball eyes, put it in the oven and you get french fries. My Uncle Eddie was a big man, hardly one to chase after anybody, but he pretended to get mad at their song and lurched after them, sending the little kids into great shrieks of laughter. One of my cousins chanted a variation of the song. Uncle Eddie roared and chased him too. I managed to avoid all the hugging and kissing and I hustled the fig pudding down the hallway and into the dining room. There was barely an inch of the big table not covered with some sort of delicious food. Every year, Aunt Pat set up a separate sweet table for all the pies, cakes, and cookies that everyone brought. I left our fig pudding on the sweet table, sitting innocently between Aunt Ruth's chocolate raspberry cake and Grandma Annie's blueberry pie. I found Grandma sitting with some of my aunts in the den. She motioned me over. How's the Christmas cactus? She asked. It's alive, I think, but still no blossoms, not a single one. That's all right, she said. Next year it'll blossom. You wait, next year. Aunt Pat wanted someone to organize a game for my little cousins. I heard her calling me, and I managed to escape to the quiet dimness at the basement. Mark and Peter, two cousins around my age, were down there playing pool. I hadn't seen them since Brad's funeral, and at first I didn't know what to say. But pretty soon we were all clowning around. They were good guys, and I was half tempted to tell them not to eat Dad's fig pudding but I figured it was probably better to keep my mouth shut like Dad had told us to. Dinner. A few years back, Uncle Arthur always set up two tables for this feast, one for the adults and one for the kids. As the oldest kid, I used to get stuck with a bunch of screaming cousins wishing I was sitting with the adults. But one year, Aunt Marilyn said that this arrangement was ageist and discriminated against the children. So now the kids and adults all jammed together around the big table. I found myself wedged between mom and my three-year-old cousin, Melissa. When everyone got seated, Uncle Billy cleared his throat and waited for people to stop talking. Grandma Annie is going to say grace, he said. We all held hands and waited for Grandma to begin. Bless this food, O Lord, she began in a strong, clear voice. 
Then she stopped and spoke again, softer. And bless those who we love who are no longer with us, especially Brad. Silence. I could feel the tremble in Mom's hand. Amen, Dad said. He smiled and said, Thanks, Grandma. Amen, Uncle Arthur said. Let's eat. We feasted. And if you watched the people in my family eating, you wouldn't have imagined there was anything strange or unusual going on. Mom and Dad kept busy passing bowls and platters. They complimented Uncle Eddie on his spaghetti sauce, which was a little spicier than usual. They went wild over Uncle Arthur's she-crab bisque and Aunt Pat's sweet potato biscuits. Teddy ate with good manners. He didn't try to lick his plate or eat, eat too much meat or pull the soft center out of his bread and make dough balls the way he usually did. But as the plates were cleared away and everyone started eyeing the sweet table, I started getting this funny feeling in the pit of my belly. Nate sneaked a smile at me. Sin looked down at her fingernails. Teddy caught my eye. His face looked serious, almost too serious. Mom and Dad were sitting directly across from each other, but they avoided eye contact when Aunt Pat put the bowl of fig pudding onto the table. Ah, Uncle Billy said, and he smacked his lips. My favorite, Aunt Marilyn said. There are so many other great desserts, Dad was saying. I think I'm going for some of Grandma Annie's blueberry pie. Pass down the fig pudding, Uncle Eddie cried. I've been dying for that pudding all week. The bowl got passed down. Uncle Richie passed it to Nate, who passed it to Aunt Marilyn, who passed it to me, who passed it to Mom, who passed it to Uncle Eddie. Uncle Eddie weighed 260 if he weighed a pound, and he had a tremendous appetite. Out of the corner of my eye, I watched him put two large dollops of pudding into his bowl. He took a bite. I tried not to look, but I couldn't help it. Suddenly, he sat up looked at dad, took another bite. Say, Uncle Eddie said to my father, this is delicious. I mean it, the best fig pudding you've ever made. Did you add some new ingredient this year? Uh, not really, dad began, but he stopped as mom made a funny sound, half gulp and half choke. She put her napkin to her mouth, got up and quickly rushed into the kitchen. Uh, it's, excuse me, Dad said, getting up to follow her. You really ought to try this fig pudding, Uncle Eddie was saying. Dig in. I'm digging in again. Terrific stuff. Excuse me, I mumbled, rising and pushing back my chair. I found Mom and Dad at the small kitchen table, leaning against each other, eyes closed, tears running down their faces. Dad's shoulders were shaking. He grabbed his gut as if in pain. Mom was red-faced, gasping for breath. Some new ingredient, she choked, and they both let out a howl of laughter, almost a scream. A wild animal sound that startled me as it rang off, out and bounced off the walls and brought the other kids in our family running into the kitchen. Good job, Dad, Sin said with a huge grin. Couldn't have made it without Josh, Dad said, cracking up again, falling against Mom. And suddenly I was laughing too. We all were, laughing hard, mouths open, roaring, barely able to stand up. Hey, what's going on in here? A voice boomed. 
Uncle Eddie's big face looked down sternly at us. The very sight of him made everyone laugh even harder. Some new ingredient, <laughs> Dad said, still red-faced and squeezing his belly. I can't stand it. Everything all right, he asked. Behind him, Grandma Annie's face appeared. What on earth are all of you laughing at, she demanded. It's just so funny, Dad said, shrugging and laughing some more. Uncle Eddie walked over and punched Dad lightly on the shoulder. Hey, nice pudding, Clifford, he said with a big smile. That cracked up everybody again. He shrugged and left. Grandma Annie stayed behind, a bemused look on her face, watching us gasp and belly laugh with tears running down our faces. And that, my friend, my readers is the end of chapter nine. I hope you enjoyed this chapter entitled A Family Secret.